Baby Jeff. Wah, wah, it's Baby Jeff. How's oh, it going? Oh, you know, just hunkering down for the end of the world. Yeah. I, cause I just, cause I really love, ever since I moved to Denver, just like, I, I, I'm, I'm micing at least like six hours a night almost, but yeah. I need like a bounce to bounce. And that's, that was my every day. Like, I, like, there, I don't, I don't miss mics. There's a mic going and I'm not working. I want to be there. And, uh, yeah, so it's just weird to just lose it all. So in that vein of like weird theoretical nuts and bolts, I would ask people, what's a joke? What, what's your theory on how do you, how do you craft jokes? Yeah, so I, I, I really kind of, um, like anything, any of my joke philosophy comes from my, my buddy, uh, who's uh, in Indianapolis. His name is David Brooks. He's a comic, he's hilarious, and he's on house arrest. Okay. And yeah, he, he's, he's had a crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy life. Uh, but he, he just like really savored any open mic he could get because that was his one opportunity to get out of the house. He worked with his PO that he could get out. Wow. And stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and his, his comedy is all, it's just like, it's about his life and about what he's gone through. And so they're only kind of jokes that only he can tell. Right. And I, so, right. You know, so I think, I think I, I, like, ideally that's like kind of, mountaintop that I shoot for is only jokes that I can tell that like cause, cause like I you know and it's I guess the philosophy behind it is coming that to all come down to the the making peace with your former self you know the, the person that I was at 16 uh, or person I was at 18 20 when I was, especially when I was still drinking and you know questioning all this stuff and you know going through a lot of shit just making peace with that person and be able to laugh at what I go through and mm-hmm. then yeah, and because rather than rather than view it as like uh, an ongoing narrative that I'm still struggling and blah blah blah, and, and I, you know I would never do what I used to do and yada yada yada. It's just like no, it's just it's part of life. So and how this relates to jokes, I think, is that um, yeah, most of my stuff that I've enjoyed telling, uh, that I've enjoyed writing, are are like are pretty autobiographical, um, but still accessible to people. Like I think my favorite one that I got now is the. Um, yeah, so it's uh, my grandma just told us all that she sleeps naked. Uh, yeah, so now none of us want her to die peacefully in her sleep. Uh, Nail, that's real life, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so now when people ask, like, oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. I'm very comfortable telling that one because like, we get dads laugh, children have laughed, uh, people our age, or, you know, and my grandma fucking cracks up every time. <laughs> that's, 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 that's why it's I, I like, like, uh, I just was talking around the phone about this whole virus shit and uh, telling her to like stop hanging out with my cousins, blah blah blah, and stuff like that. And I'm like, and start, uh, you know, wearing pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, I do, I do now because I know I'm gonna go and I don't want you people to see that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah, she said the she said the self awareness to start uh, dressing while she sleeps. She she knows she's supposed. Oh uh, well, that's the second half to that bit, brother. I'm telling you yeah. that, like right. ne- like that's hilarious that like she sense you know however you structure the joke there's me and the fact that she now knows she's gonna die and wears clothes just so dark and hilarious yeah 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 so i just gotta figure out how to yeah word that yeah fuck yeah. yeah so like a joke like um like uh i'm a snowflake if my butthole touches your tongue i'll melt What's yeah. the what's the impetus behind a joke like that? How do you how do you get from A to B on that one? I think yeah, like 
I don't remember. I think I was just like thinking about, uh, you know, like just quick introductions and like not, you know, whatever. Like so, people say snowflake or whatever, and, and that that's one like a, 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 in the vein of the joke you mentioned the category like a twist because like when you say snowflake, the the, the common uh, I guess that con- or like a discussion around that term in stand up mostly is uh, you know the liberals the snowflakes and, and or like I'm a you know I'm categorizing this so so and then you know just thinking about actual snowflakes now they you know and and you know when that, when a lady's eating my ass or a man, <laughs> and it's great it's great and uh, and it's snowflakes melt when they land on your tongue and so does my butthole and I melt you know and so that was just like a silly one that I wrote I like I, yeah I didn't think that would be a good joke but uh yeah, it, it somehow worked, and uh, the the first time I told that, was like, <laughs> but just like pulled pulled out my notes and said, and they got a good reaction. Then I I opened with it uh, for like way too long, for like like three months, just get like because it's just a quick laugh. But right. uh, yeah, now now I've like worked it more in the middle, and it, it fits better because it can it's it's a little bit of a thinker. <laughs> it can turn people <laughs> off right away. I always find that the jokes <clears throat> that are just like the ones that end up making like the real act, you know, I've got 45 minutes, but I've got 12 minutes of the act, you know, Yeah. and right, almost right, every right. joke that actually makes like the A team is a joke where I was like, I, when I saw it in my phone, it's not, I'm not, you know, I don't think it's going to be anything big. I got this other joke that's going to kill, you know. Those ones always end up fucking, you know, serviceable, but then it's the joke. Like, I have a joke I've been telling that you ever have a reverse nightmare where you have an amazing dream, you wake up to your shitty life. Yes, yes. And I had, I had, I woke up one day and I was just like, ugh, you know? Yeah. And it made me laugh. I was like, ugh, a reverse nightmare and wrote it down. Didn't think, had it in my phone for months. And then I was at Laura and Megan's T Street Mike. I was just reading jokes off of my phone, one after another, just dud, dud, dud. And all of a sudden, the whole room laughs, and I literally went, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. So it just goes to show that you really got to, you can't beat yourself up on jokes. You got to throw everything against the wall, because you're probably your worst critic. Oh, that's not funny. Right, right. Right, but like, when, like, yeah, when you put in the start, put in the work, and really like looking at your jokes, and, and yeah, it, it really does. It just shows. Like, and that's why you just gotta keep like a constant part of your everyday. I'm too analytical. I, I break jokes down into categories. So I have what one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six. I, I write them down when I discover like a, 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 a you know a type of joke, right? So one, I would say. I got written down as act outs, right? Yeah. Fucking, that's hilarious to take you to the place, you know, I'm going to do the voice, I'm going to do the act, you know, the the physical mannerisms, you know, gets a joke. Then I have written down, say the opposite, right? I like to drink vodka, beer, and sometimes mouthwash. Yeah, yeah. So the twist to it, yeah, just say the opposite. Good point. Uh, I would put your grandma joke under good point. In a fucking, uh, we don't want her to die naked. It's like, oh shit, that's not a twist. It is a twist, but it's not a one-two twist. It's not an analogy. It's a good point. It's like, oh fuck, like you just nailed yeah. the fuck out of this. Nice. Then we got analogy, you know, fucking eating pussy. It was like eating a fucking wet box of oatmeal, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so there you got the analogy. Then we get to the one I hate the most, which I call homonym jokes, which essentially are puns. But I take it a, a farther than just puns. That any time a word means the same thing as another word, it's it's a joke. Like I use the example, I have a joke. If you don't eat a woman's pussy, you're an asshole. If you don't eat a woman's asshole, you're a pussy. Right. Okay. Yeah, Pussy yeah, means yeah. two things. Asshole means two things. I mix them together and it makes a little story. Right. So yeah, yeah. It, it's essentially a pun. Pussy, pussy, pussy. It's a pun, but uh, it's not necessarily a pun. So I put a bigger circle around it called homophone comedy. Um, yeah. And then I, that's the one I, I respect the least. I, I don't like that one. I think a lot of newbies start out that way. Because right. it, 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 so you're grasping at comedy straws at that point when you're brand new. Yeah, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not, it looks really clever on the page. It looks so, uh, I think you were there one night when we were at uh, The Goods and uh, Chuck was hosting and uh, Von Sprecken was up and he said some joke. No one laughed. And he goes, I don't care what you guys say. That fucking joke is fucking genius. And then, and then Bear goes, and yet, no laughter. Yes, no laughter. That was very insightful to me because I was like, damn, that's true. Like, great, you're clever. And I agree, Vaughn, that joke, Vaughn, that joke was very clever. But it wasn't a joke because it wasn't funny, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then the yeah. final joke I have written down is the callbacks. Another, another obvious, you know... And that, that one's fascinating. What do you think it is about callbacks that make people laugh? Um, yeah, I've, I've, so I've just tried to start to get a few, and like Elliot Weber, uh, who I'm with the bedroom, he's got really good callbacks, and it's like his five minute act, his seven minute act, his ten minute act, um, that I never see at open mics. So when I started doing like, I've, I've seen it in like in his, in his acts, and it's like, oh, that's shit, that's that's cool, because audiences do like it, and and there's something I respect about it. But I don't know what it is exactly, because it's so it's so common, you know, like right. it's like it's like a good act is gonna have a callback or like two callbacks or whatever. I ask because before I st I've been a comedy nerd my whole life, you know, just upset. I was probably five years old watching Def Jam comedy, and I don't even understand what they're saying. I just love it, you know. It was like porn. I don't know why I like this, but I can't look away. Yeah. So I remember before I did comedy, I thought callbacks were like the lowest form of comedy on earth. I hated them. Hate because in my mind it was like dumb people going oh I remember that I'm smart yeah, yeah, yeah. there's still a lot to I, yeah and I still think part of me feels that way right but now that I do comedy I'm not I, I'm not so cut and dry on like well okay I think there's a piece of that that is true but I also I laugh at callbacks you know if you do it right Norm MacDonald has some of the best fucking callbacks in the history of man yeah he's so sick yeah he's so sick he's a storyteller yeah, that's the that's the fascinating thing. I uh, Jose McCall really like blew my world apart when I talked to him about jokes. Uh, my favorite comedian is a guy named Robert Schimmel, right? Okay. And uh, he uh, he died in a car accident a couple years ago. He probably would have been so huge now. It's unfortunate <clears throat> he died right before the comedy boom. And my favorite joke of his. It always boggled my mind because it's not a joke. It's like this like thing he says, but it's fucking hilarious. And he's so he's at the circus with his daughter, right? 
and and there's a bear riding a tricycle and the daughter goes uh daddy daddy how do they get the bear to ride the tricycle and he goes it's easy they nail his feet to the pedals and they beat the shit out of him (laughs) and so i love that fucking joke and i and so i never quite understood like in my categories i got all my categories of jokes i just read where does that fit in it's not it's not a twist it's not a, a three it's not analogy it's not a call about what is it and fucking Jose said, well, no, it is a twist. It's, yeah. just, it's just a super unconventional. It's the best kind of twist that you could write where you don't set it up in a traditional way. The twist is that it's his daughter. And so you're expecting him to say something nice like, oh, they train him. Yeah. And then the brutal honesty is the twist. I heard Jose do five minutes uh, on 103.1, and I'm like, God damn, I forgot how fucking funny this guy was. You know, I I only see him hosting Mutiny and maybe some mics here and there, so to hear him do five minutes of his good stuff, I was like, God damn, he's killing it. So yeah, same yeah, thing. I don't know if I've ever heard his like his like best. Line. I know it's because we we never see each other in these. But like, if you are on a show with someone, or if you randomly go to a showcase instead of a mic, the downside of having mics seven days a week is that it's a good excuse to not go be social at showcases. Yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, I've, I've always like I've told myself for months now, like I'll oh, make showcases more of a priority every week. I try to go to one or whatever. Right. Yeah, no, I know just from with Punchline Jeopardy, when people come and watch, it always does give me like, a, oh, fucking thanks for coming. It's a bigger deal than I felt like it would have been. Right. Because this is their baby. It's like someone coming and it's like, hey, show me a picture of your kid. It's like, what? You want to see You want to see my baby? I'd love to show you. I didn't know anyone would care. Yeah, and you're bringing it up? Cool. Yeah, so yeah, no, it's important. I think that the the first year, or even maybe the first two years, you maybe don't go try to be at the showcase. Like, everyone wants to showcase. I really think everyone, you suck so bad at one year, and you don't, you can't see the forest for the trees. And uh, you don't you think you're doing great, but you suck pretty bad. (laughs) So grind it out for a year or two before you go try to get showcased up. Right. Yeah. Like that's yeah. That's where I'm. I just got to like two years in, and now now I'm finally where I feel like good. And and people were telling me when I like six months ago, they're like, well, why aren't you submitting to showcases or whatever? Because they were, I'm like, I just because I know I'm gonna be funnier in six months. So what's the hurry? Right. Like what? Like yeah, these shows are still gonna be around, and I'm I'm getting better at mics. So why not just continue to get better at mics? And then right. Bert Kreischer said something on some podcast like six months ago that I heard that always stuck with me. He, he said, white male dudes. I felt like he was talking about me, you know, he's just like white bearded fucking, you know, fucking overweight dudes are a dime a dozen. And we don't get as much respect in comedy as, you know, someone who's like got a more diverse voice. It's like, Oh, let's bring them in. And he said, that's a blessing. You get to suck while no one gives a shit about you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's even though you feel like, man, I'm funny, I could go do that. Eh, you know, especially living in Denver. I wrote down my New Year's resolution was to start treating mics like showcases. Yeah. Like if you go to the Irish Rover, dude, that's a showcase. That's a packed house. Uh, Voodoo on Wednesday, packed house. Like that's a showcase. You should be fucking prepping for these mics like they're they're people. 
Yes, yeah, right, exactly. There are people that wa- that are there to watch yeah. comedy. Like uh, after the new talent night set, I felt real great. I, you know, uh, you know, because I like work. And then the next thick skin, I get up there and open with a joke I never open if this is way too dark, and and it and it did horribly. And, and then the the, the servers are dropping checks. And so oh. I like, try to fight back. Yeah. Like, just thinking, I'm like, oh, whoa, I haven't done this bad personally before in a while. Thick skin will do it. Yeah, thick skin will do it. And I, I got him back eventually, kind of, like, you know, half of him back. But uh, it was a real ego check. They're like, yeah, you don't start off dark. You get him on your side, then you go. And I just forgot, like, that golden rule. And right. Thinking, yeah, I'll do this joke. People fucking love it. And I'll just fucking crush and, yeah. <laughs> Hi guys, it's Josh Grambo Jeff Stonick One of my favorite conversations He's so easy to talk to I end up rambling like a goddamn insane person. I was pretty high during the recording of this podcast. And because of that, I got a bunch of extra intel out of Jeff Stonic. So this had to be cut down to a two-parter. This is part one. So check out the next podcast. Check out part two. This show's called Comics with Grambo. And I'm out.